Look at that. Look at that. That's in Vail, Colorado. Vail, Colorado in the summertime. I think that was in June. I don't, June or... Is my wife in here? What month was that? May. I don't know what that tree is. Dogwood? Dogwood? I had a jacket on. It it uh, we were going down the main road. I forgot is it I seventy, and it sleeted for about about an inch and a half of sleet. Something was hitting our window and it wasn't. I said, "That's not rain, man. That's that's not rain." And it was end up being bought this much ice on the road. I pulled over. Them crazy people. They just whipped through. They just. You know, they're just semis going 70 through that. They don't even slow down. I thought, you know, what I read about that stuff, that's 20, 100 car pile up, you know, 100 people die. That's because people drive like they're nuts on these. When it gets snowing and stuff, they act like it's, oh, it's good. Yeah, it's no problem. I did this for, I've driven in the snow. Yeah, well, the day you die. Um, I was riding with Hal Hightower, Evangelist Hal Hightower, now Pastor Hal Hightower. Hal Hightower, and we uh going 45 on this old uh, turtleback road with about six inches of snow on it. I said, it's a little bit going a little fast, don't you? Oh, I drive on this all the time. Then we hit somebody head on shortly after that. I'm not bitter, <laughs> but I'm close. Well, anyway, praise the Lord. I want to talk to you about a subject tonight, about the little survey of First John. The tests of fellowship in First John. I also want to try to explain some mysteries, what could be considered some mysteries. At least I, they were a mystery to me when I was a young Christian or a younger Christian. And hopefully can, you know, go through these and maybe give you some enlightenment about that and can help you on it. Uh, the tests of fellowship of First John. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, what is he? Can you read that back there? Is that big enough? He's a liar. Now, this is not Bill Lytell saying this, a preacher saying this. This is the Holy Spirit telling you this. Do you want to be the one? Do you want to be one of those? Jesus said there'd be many. Now, out of 100, what would you consider many? If there was 100 anything, 100. What would you consider 100? Out of 100, what would be many? Let's raise your hand. Give me some numbers. Raise your hand. Don't answer out loud. Raise your hand. Come on now. What would be many? Oh, what would be many? In the back. 90? What would be many? Out. 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 You know, there's always a wise guy in the group right here. Okay, it was $100. And I said, Bob, Robert, you can have many. You're going to take 22 bucks? Great. You're a cheap date. Uh, and it, what? Okay, so I mean, what you're saying, you see the numbers, 85, 90, 95, 97, 98, that's right. All right. What would you say would be if there was $100? And I came to you and I said, there's $101 bills. And I said, you can have a few of these. How many would you take? Raise your hand. $4? 
$3. Amen. Boy, I'm surprised FBI's got any money left. Okay. But 10. That's only 9. I mean, 90, you'd leave him. Okay, Jesus in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, 23 is a well, well-known, well-talked-about, over, maybe over-preached area, but it's a shocking passage. It's shocking. He said there are going to be people come to him in that day. Many, many. I don't like that. And say, Lord, Lord, have we not, you know, cast out demons in your name? That's big. Have we not done many wonderful works in your name? That's big, right? And he's going to testify to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. So, what basically happens in that scenario is people think they're saved. They know Jesus. They have done miracles in his name, cast out demons. They have done many mighty works in his name. They've, they've helped the poor. They've done whatever those whatever that means. But Jesus is going to testify to them, you knew me. And you knew about me. But I did not know you. Why did he not know them? Because they didn't meet what was required to be saved which is repentance and faith, with their whole heart. With their whole heart. Okay, so, now it's hard to wrap your mind around that, right? It's hard to wrap your head around that, but it's, it's going to happen. Jesus said, few be there that find the narrow way and the straight way. That's why I ask you about few. I don't know if you, I hate, I hate that. That means three out of a hundred. Four out of a hundred, six out of a hundred at the outside. She said ten out of a hundred are going to be saved. The rest are going to hell. So this is big stuff. It's important. These tests of fellowship are important to get in your head. I believe you can know that you know that you're saved. I don't believe that's a Baptist distinctive. I believe it's a Bible doctrine. Are you with me? I'll stand on the book on that. Call, my, call me whatever. Call me Nazarene. Call me whatever you want. Call me Baptist. Call, call me Baptist. But it don't make any difference what you call me. It makes any difference what the Bible says. And so he says, If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother in whom he have seen, how can you love God in whom he have not seen? That's just horse sense, which is stable thinking. I mean, come on, people. That means, like it or not, if you're born from above, you're going to love me. And I'm going to love you. Now, question, you romanticists out there. How can you be commanded to love? Now, in romantic love, you can, that cannot be possible. Romantic love is not what he's talking about. If it was, it's not possible. Because that would be telling me, Bill's got to like Jonathan Washer. I don't have to like Jonathan Washer, but I'm commanded to love Jonathan Washer. You can't be commanded on romantic love. I mean, friendship or romantic. I, my, 
I'm commanded to love my wife. Uh, in the word agape, you know, it's, it means a, a committed, I'm committed to her for better or for worse in sickness and in health, for richer or for poorer till death do we part or we murder each other. We're going to stay with each other because we have a commitment, an agape commitment. Now, what I don't like to see, and I don't like to see it, but I see it as people get old sometimes in a marriage, they don't deal with bitterness and they don't deal with irritations and problems and they get where they don't like each other. Have you ever seen couples who don't like each other? They're probably in this room. I'm not, going to, I'm not looking anywhere. But it's an endurance marriage, not an enjoyment marriage. Now, I, lo- I determined a long time ago between, between God and I, I wanted to enjoy my marriage all the way home. Well, to do that, you've got to actually be nice and treat your wife nice, and you've got to get right with her, and you've got to ask forgiveness, and you've got to humble yourself, and you've got to be friends with her, right? I mean, you can't just be an a overlord, right? Because when you get older, they're not going to like it. You're not gonna, she's not going to like you anymore. I want to do things not only, I'm committed. So what I'm getting, I'm getting at something because this is important because this can be translated, marriage is a parallel to Christ in the church. It's a parallel. And it's not a parallel that we set up. It's a parallel that has been set up in the Bible, Ephesians 5. So I've got to love you. If I'm of God, what should be the mark of a group of people who are born from above? They should be committed to each other. Committed to each other. Now, what is, what's that mean? That means if you're committed to somebody, you're not going to steal from them. You're not going to damage them. Right? Makes sense? You're going to always look out for their better interests. That doesn't mean you're not going to say stuff they don't like because who could raise a family I mean, you guys got four kids back there. You got four kids. You got to say stuff your kids don't like. Like, you know, you lied, so you're going to lose your privileges for the next two, three years. You know that favorite blanket you used to go to bed with? You don't get it anymore. It's called the binky. <clears throat> and uh, my son, if you wanted to hurt Troy, is he here tonight, Troy, here tonight? If you wanted to hurt Troy, you tell him that when he was a certain age, you couldn't have a banana to go before he went to bed. Man, when you said that, he squealed, he wailed, he thought you thought he was ripping his head off. I mean, oh, I can't have my banana, and it would just be amazing. I, did, I started eating bananas. I thought, man, if they're that good, I got to go back to eating them things. I'm never going to get done if I don't move along here. So three tests of 1 John. So in reading 1 John over and over and over and over again, you come up with a pattern. You see stuff. Okay, okay, there's a pattern here. There's some stuff here. Here are the three tests of 1 John. Do you love your brothers? That was that verse I gave you there. That was just one sample. Do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? When, Peter, when Jesus said to his disciples, Matthew 16, who do men say that I am? He, you know, they say, well, some people think you're John the Baptist. Some people risen again. Some people think you're Jeremiah. Some people think you're one of the major prophets. Come back. And, uh, woo, he said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter, of course, he was always always at the first, you know, always the guy. 
the guy's stepping right up in the front. He says, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And he goes, Peter, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. Holy Spirit's revealed this to you, my Father. Now, it was upon that statement that the church is built, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, not upon Peter. It was upon the statement he made. That was the massive rock, the truth that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, can only be really known by opening your mind, the Holy Spirit opening your mind to understand the Scripture. As it did in Luke 24 when they were along the road, there were them boys. And so, do you believe Jesus is the Son of God? Do you, do, you, do you keep His commandments? How do I know I'm saved? John repeats these three times these three themes in his book that I just mentioned over and over again. He states these are evidences that you're born from above. That tweaked me when I saw that. I thought, well, I don't want to be one of them guys in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, 23 for sure. That would be the most horrible thing could ever happen to you is to think you were born again going to heaven and, you know, get before the judgment seat of Christ, which would not be the judgment seat of Christ. It would be the great white throne judgment in Revelation 20, and, and think I was before the great uh, white, think I was before the Bema seat, and I'm before the white throne. And the people before the white throne are going to be cast into hell in total. And the people before the Bema seat are all saved. Now, some are saved by fire. Some of their works are all burned up, and they don't have much left, but they're all born from above. Which, which, which judgment are you going to be at? Uh, these three evidences, they do not save, Jesus does, but the manifest reality of salvation. You'll have these three things if you're born from above. You're going to have them. So test number one, do you love the brethren? I'm just going to give you a few of these verses, not all of them. He that saith he's in the light and hateth his brothers in darkness even unto now. You know what I love about John? He's the most simple Greek. It's the most simple Greek in the New Testament. When you first learn Greek, you go to the book of First John or the book of John and you begin to translate the book of John or the book of First John in Greek because that's the simplest Greek, little, little simple sentences. You definitely don't go to the book of Hebrews and whoever wrote Hebrews was a master in language and played with it like a cat plays with a mouse. Uh, that's why people struggle with Hebrews a little bit. He that loveth his brother abideth in light and there is no occasion of stumbling in him. That's straight up and down, just almost simplistic. He says, if you know that he, and I like this, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. In this, the children of God are made revealed or manifested, manifested the children of the, uh, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth righteousness is not a, whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. Now right away your mind's going to go, are we saved by works? Or are we saved by grace that works? Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 through 10, you don't want to cut it short on verse 9, I believe is where this is talking. We'll go further on this in a moment. So another, some more verses. Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. 
By the way, Jesus took the law and raised it up. Nobody ever kept the law. And nobody ever became righteous because of the law. Because nobody, if you offended law on one point, you're guilty of all. And so the law just was there to bring us to Christ as a sinner unable to save ourselves by any amount of good works. So that grace could be appropriated. Why do I not run to the law? Because I can't keep it and it condemns me. A sinner, unclean, unable to save myself. So I go to Jesus and I say, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And he goes, boom. You believe that I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God? That I came to die for your sins? You believe that I am who I say I am? I'm going to save you. I'm going to, I'm going to bequeath upon you, birth, birth you from above, and make you a child of mine. I'm going to indwell you with my Holy Spirit, with the Holy Spirit of God, make you the very temple of God. And God dwells. And then you're going to fulfill the things that the Spirit of God does and is, which are these things. And so, this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. So, whosoever hates his brother is a murderer. Wow. You know that no murderer hath eternal life biting in him. But that doesn't mean that Moses went to hell because he was a murderer. It's talking about if you are a murderer of heart and you don't repent and get saved, then you've got to answer for your own sin. Well, this know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not grievous. Now, a little bit of this overlaps. If you go to cross-reference Matthew 11, 28, and 29, Doing the will of God is important in the New Testament as well as the Old Testament, but especially in the New Testament also. Here's some a little sampling of the will of God. Uh, in a minute I'll get to that, I suppose. I thought I was going to do it this time, but I'm not. Test number two. So we're, what's test number one? That you love God. Okay. And you love, but if you love God, you love the brethren. God is love. God is love. He doesn't possess love. He is love. And so we're going to have the Holy Spirit in us as the Holy Spirit makes sense to me that if the Holy Spirit's in us and God is love, that we're going to love. We're going to be committed to the brothers. Let me tell you, there's a warning in the Bible, a number of places, 2 Thessalonians and other places, uh, Romans chapter 16, uh, verse 17, I think 18, I believe, is the day that cause division. In fact, in, in Proverbs 6, 7, 6 or so, says uh, the, uh, the six things I hate, yea, seven, they that cause division among the brethren. Division among the brethren is a bad deal. It's really bad. Don't you do the devil's work. You want to be a unifier, not a divider. You want to settle things and make peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, not blessed are the dividers. Now, somebody comes in here and tries to divide us. What do we do? What are we, called? What are we told to do? We're told to avoid them, mark them. And avoid them. So we're not going to let somebody come in here and create a bunch of havoc among us and destroy the wonderful thing God's given us. We're not going to let them do that. We're going to mark them like the Bible says. Hey, you're a divider. We're going to hopefully they repent of that. But if they don't repent of that, they have to go. They can't remain among us because they will destroy and hurt and maim. And, and we're not going to let that happen. Why? Because we love the brethren. Second thing is believe on Jesus, the Son of God. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? He is the Antichrist. He that denieth the Father and the Son. 
Whosoever not the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father. You know in the cross-reference there, John chapter 14, verse 9, Philip says, show us the Father. And he says, why, you've been so long with me and not knowing me? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now it's hard to wrap your head around that. People, I was just talking the other night about somebody, when I go to heaven, who am I going to see? I think the only person you're going to see in heaven is Jesus. I don't know if you thought about that, Jonathan. Who are you going to see in heaven? You're not going to see the Father. It's Father's Spirit. Holy Spirit is Spirit. But who is body? Who is body? Jesus. He has two scars on his hands, and, and he's got one on his Who's given judgment of, of heaven and earth, everybody living? Jesus. Who's going to be on the great white throne? Jesus. Who's going to be on the bema seat? Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's all about him. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself that he believeth not God hath made him a liar because he believeth not the record that God gave his Son. Uh, people that deny the Bible, it's a bigger sin than what you realize. If I don't believe the Bible's true, I don't believe God's Word's true, then you're basically saying to God, you're a liar. I always tell people, it's going to be tough on you when you stand before Jesus calling him a liar. And obviously, he's told the truth because you're going to be standing in heaven at that time, and you're going to know it's the truth. And that's why every mouth, every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, the glory of God the Father, because that truth is going to massively crush them. And they're going to fall on their knees and say, Jesus, you are Lord, you're Lord. But it's not going to help them at that time. Matthew chapter 7, 21, 23, it's not going to help them. These things I've written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe in the name of the Son of God. So the second, second test of fellowship, the first test of fellowship, do you love the brethren? Second test of fellowship, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? He's the Son of God. you believe what the Bible testifies of who he is? I believe, I believe, help thou my unbelief. You know, help me. Lord, I believe. He said, if you believe, I'm going to let you have assurance. Baptists are not arrogant. True Biblical Baptists are not arrogant about their salvation. God forbid. We're grateful for it. But we are not nervous about it. We believe that God keeps his word and his promise. We have a high view of scripture. We believe God's word is true. And I go to the Bible and I say, I'm a sinner unable to save myself and I trust you, Lord Jesus, my Savior. I believe God gives me salvation. He's testified, his spirit with my spirit have testified together that I'm a child of God. My works also have followed that testimony. And consequently, we know that we know him. If we keep his commandments, that's number three. We know, know means I believe that's experiential knowledge there, that the Son of God has come and hath given us understanding that we may know him that is true we are in him that is true, even his son, Jesus, Jesus Christ. This is the true God in eternal life. Now, that is a great deity verse because nobody's mentioned in that verse but Jesus. And what's the, how's it end? This is the true God and eternal life. That's a tremendous deity verse. 
They're all over the Bible. Christ is God manifest in the flesh. That's what the book says. Test number three, keep his commandments. Hereby we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. He that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Now, here's what you don't want to get astray on. An area where the Greek will help us, and you don't have to know the Greek to know the Bible, but knowing the Greek sometimes turns a light on and helps a little bit in understanding the Bible. The present linear tense means a continual action. And the, the, the English cannot show that, really does not show that tense of the Greek well. Doesn't do it well, but it does it, it does what it needs to do. And so there's some confusion about that, and I'll, I'll get into the verse in a minute where that confusion comes. So I went one time with a Methodist, an old-time fundamental Methodist. Now, fundamental Methodist, not the liberal Methodist, but the John Wesley Methodist. And he told me one time, he says, have you ever sinned? Have you sinned the last 20 years? And I said, yes, I have. He said, you're not saved. I said, what? He said, you're not saved. The Bible says it. Took me to 1 John. You're a liar. I said, wow. I said, have you sinned in 20 years? He said, nope. I said, you're a liar. <laughs> he got furious with me and threw me out. Honestly, threw me out. I said, hey, be angry and sin not, brother. Let not the sun go down in your wrath. The world passed away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. How can you do the will of God? You can't do it without the Holy Spirit. How do you get the Holy Spirit? You can't get it without repentance and faith in Christ of who he is. Cross-reference for that is whosoever shall do the will of God, the same as my brother and my sister and my mother, Mark 3.35, Another cross reference is that he that no longer that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. We need to be living in the will of God as born again believers. By this know we know there it is again that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. These are just some selected passages out of first John. The desire to keep the commandments and to obey God. That's what he's talking about. Marilyn, you have a desire to please God? Who gave it to you? Didn't come natural, did it? Came from the Holy Spirit. You people in here that want to please God, want to please God, want to do his will. Do you fail once in a while? Remember the, the, the black hat and the, and the white hat? Put on the Lord Jesus Christ, put off the old man. If, if you didn't struggle with that as a born-again believer, why was that in the Bible so many places? But you're, you have the ability to make a choice of putting on or putting off, putting on or putting off. That's, that's born-again. And by the way, in those passages, those four passages I showed you, were obviously to Christians he's talking. You don't talk that way to the world. They don't even have that option. 
So the three assurances of salvation are that we love the brethren. Number two, you find in 1 John here that we believe Jesus is the Son of God. Number three, that we keep his commandments. And we know we pass from death to life. How? Because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. I always tell people, if you don't love the brother, and this is Bible, if you don't love the brother whom you see, don't tell me you love God whom you don't see. Well, I don't like to go to church because I don't like people. Well, get over it. Wait a minute, I think Bobby told me that. Get over it. You don't have to like us, but you have to love us. You're commanded to love us. It is just unnatural for a born-again believer to be away from other believers. It should be as natural to be around other believers and, and necessary to be around other believers and healthy to be around other believers and, and required to be around other believers even though they bug the snot out of you sometimes and make you crazy, they will, as a friend, iron sharpeneth iron. When I want to sharp my knife, I take it against something that's harder than the steel and I rub it and it, it creates heat and it sharpens the knife. That's what it's talking about. You folks have helped me a lot. I just want to tell you, you've helped me a lot in life. Man. Man, I tell you, I just almost can't stand any more help. This explains some things. Why Christians in sin struggle with security and wonder if they're saved. I should put insecurity there. Can a Christian be in sin? I believe they can in a temporary basis. I really get worried about people that can go into sin as claim, or claim to be born-again believers. They can go back into the world, back into sin, and they seem like they stay in it for years. I just Let me just say this. Between you and me, I wouldn't want to be them, and I wouldn't want to die that way because I got a feeling they're going to qualify for Matthew 7, 21, 23. I don't know. I'm not the final judge. I, don't, I, I, don't, I can't see a heart. All I can tell you is I know the Bible well enough to know that would be a scary place to be. People ask me all the time, you think so-and-so is saved? You think they can do that and be saved? I'm not the judge of that. But I can tell you the Bible tells you that's not a good place to be. If people are asking that about you, that's not good questions. You think Ralph's saved? Well, man, we shouldn't be asking that. Ralph should be so evidently saved that we say, well, man, if Ralph's saved, amen, that's the way to be. Amen? No, we don't ask his wife. But if we ask his wife, she'll even say, the old rascal saved. The Christian participating, practicing sin is not secure of his salvation internally because it is abnormal and queer. I use that word, queer. Sin in a Christian's life is queer. It's strange. The Holy, When you sin, doesn't the Holy Spirit in you kind of just go, eh? Do you feel that? Just, yeah. Once in a while I sin. Nobody say amen. I just, I just, I just hate myself. I just hate it when I do that. Can you believe once in a while I say stuff I shouldn't say? Well, there's much talking, there's sure to be sin. And boy, I mean, you start getting going along pretty soon in the conversation, you'll say something that 
was hurtful. You're not loving your brother. And the Holy Spirit will go, boom. Oh, no, 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 that ain't flying. That ain't fly. Don't do it. Don't do that. Now, you've got to repent about that. So you, what's repentance? Confession. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you just simply got to agree with God. I denounce that as wrong. And God says, oh, you're cleansed. You're cleansed. That's that daily foot washing, 1 John 1, 9, that we need. So, Why? He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God did not commit sin. The word there is a commit is in the present linear tense. He that continues to sin is not of God. He that continues to sin, for his seed remaineth in him. That means a constant practice of sin. Constant practice of sin. That doesn't mean an occasional sin, or a, a, a the righteous falls seven times and rises up again. It's not referring to that. It's referring to when somebody goes back into the world, and they seem to be comfortable in the world, and they seem to be no problem. Let me say this. Born-again Christians living together really bothers me. Committing active fornication. What's this say? Don't die. Don't die. His seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he's born of God. Where was that, Kathy? Good. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for the Word of God. Thank you for the Bible. It's powerful. I hope I've, uh, through the study tonight, the Spirit of God... The Word of God has created some questions, questions that can be answered by seeking your face and by reading the book. Help us, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida, also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.